Thank you for tuning in to Investment Insight brought to you by McKay Wealth Advisory. My name is Hayden Prophet. Joining us today, we have Brent McKay, the owner of McKay Wealth Advisory. Brent, we talk about this thing a lot, the Roth IRA, and I just kind of want you to explain what it is, how it started. Sure. So the Roth IRA, of course, started in 2003 um, when uh, George W. Bush was president. He created an account where you could put money in after taxes. So you already pay taxes on the money and it would go tax free for life. Now this is a retirement vehicle. Um, you know, like with most IRAs, you have easy access at 59 and a half. So when you put money in, um, 59 and a half, you retire, you can pull money out. Um, there is a 72T distribution rule where if you're under 59 and a half, you can access the money penalty and tax free. If you pull the same amount of money out in either 60 equal payments or until you reach 59 and a half, whichever is greater. Um, so that's the rule there on um, pulling money out. Um, obviously too, another benefit of the Roth is any money you put in five years later, you can pull your principal out penalty and tax free. You can also pull money out if you, um, for your first home, you know, up to $10,000 for your first home purchase, or if you have bad medical expenses that exceed seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income. Very nice, very nice. So if I was a young investor potentially in the workforce, how much can I put in one of these things? Sure. So within a traditional Roth IRA, you can put, or an individual Roth IRA for 2024 tax year, you can put $7,000 in. They're raising the limit to $7,000 um, for next year. And then of course, if you're over 50, then you can do another $1,000. So you can do up to $8,000 um, for a Roth 401k. A lot of people don't realize that Roth IRAs um, there's also a Roth 401k options. More and more employers are allowing their employees to do a Roth 401k. And you so next year, the limits are going to be, tw- for 2024, the limits are $23,000 for a Roth 401k um, regular. And then if you're over 50, another 7,000. So that gives you $30,000 in room okay. for a Roth 401k. Good deal, good deal. And if I'm, if me and my spouse make together, or if it's just me and I make, $200,000 or if me and my spouse make $500,000, what are the contribution limits to where you can directly contribute to a Roth IRA? So it's a great question. Um, so there's, there's, there's a backdoor loophole, which we'll talk about here in a second, but from a standard basis, 146 is the limit for mm-hmm. an individual on to put money up to you. So if you make over 146,000, it starts phasing out. Um, obviously if you make 150, you can still do some. Um, 230 is what you can do for a joint. Another thing a lot of people don't realize is, let's say you have a husband and wife. Let's say the husband's a homemaker, the wife's the breadwinner, then um, the husband can actually still put the $7,000 in as long as between him and the wife, they make $14,000 a year. Oh, wow. She can still put money in on uh, for him. And so if you are joint, there is a big benefit of doing that. Another thing also that we um, talk about when you have a 401k match, um, they are now allowing you to take their employer's match and pay taxes on it and put it through a Roth. But don't forget, if you pay taxes on the employer's match on your Roth, you're gonna have some extra income taxes you owed. But they did make a law change last year to now allow that as well. Yeah, very cool. And is there a Roth income limit for a Roth 401k? No, there's not. Okay. So the cool thing with the Roth 401k is there's no income limits. So we've got a lot of self-employed business owners that want to put assets in something that's tax-free forever. I mean, think about in human history, where has there been an account where the government said you could put money in something that you would never have to pay taxes on again? And so the, the Roth 401k is, a, is an option. Um, and there's no income limits 
currently under current law for Roth 401ks. Okay, good deal. And circling back to the backdoor Roth conversion. Yes. Okay, so when IRAs originally began, people put money in post-tax, and then the government said, well, anything you made would grow tax-deferred, but the original contributions would be taxed, already be taxed. Well, um, so they kept that law in place, and then as time went on, people weren't using IRAs, they weren't using 401ks enough to replace the typical pensions that were available in the day. And so they, and you think about pensions, pensions work the same way. Most of the time for a pension, the employee's contribution is taxable. The employer's is not, it's deferred. So they kind of set IRAs the same way. Right. Um, they set 401ks eventually they're the same way. And so later on they changed the rules and said, hey, we really want people to do this. You put some money in an IRA, you put some money in a 401k, then you get a tax deduction on that money, and then you gotta pay taxes when you pull it out. You don't pay taxes when you put it in, but you pay when you get out. Well, in 2003, they came up with the Roth, and so they never had a Roth before that. And so, they, but they still kept that original law that led after-tax contributions. And then in 2010, they came up with something called a Roth conversion, where you could convert money from a traditional IRA to a Roth. And so, if you put money into a traditional IRA, that's after-tax money, meaning you've done the form correctly with the IRS, Form 8606, designating this money is after tax, then you convert the money to a Roth, well you only owe taxes on what it made. And since you're taking, let's say $7,000 in after tax IRA money, converting that $7,000 to Roth IRA money, it is now um, taxed through what's called the backdoor loophole. Um, about two years ago, Congress was actually debating the loophole, so a lot of people look at that as saying, they kind of said this is a part of the law now, where they've actually discussed it. One of the big caveats there, though, is there is no way for the IRS to differentiate between pre-tax IRA money and post-tax IRA money. So if you got both, you really can't use the loophole because it'll move to a percentage basis where, okay, 20% of this was post-tax, then you're paying taxes on doing a conversion. And so um, really not a good feel for if you have um, a large IRA with pre-tax funds already in it. Um, but one of the things that's interesting is if you got 401k money and you got IRA money, there is a separation there. So you can use that loophole in that situation. Very cool. Very cool. And we're going to hit on this next one in a later video, but RMDs, do we have to, do you have to take a required minimum distribution for a Roth IRA? Great, great question. So a standard Roth IRA that you put money in as the person, there is no current RMD requirement. So, you know, I'm 40 years old as the taping of this video and let's say it's 80, I've got my Roth IRA, I can still have all that money and they're growing tax-free. However, when I pass that on to my kids, they will have an RMD, um, um, which under current law would be a 10-year, um, when they're over 18, a 10-year rule. They have to pull them out in 10 years. Under current law, that law may change. Um, but that is something that um, under current law, there's no RMDs. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, perish the thought, but if, if you should, if you have a Roth IRA and, and you should pass away, is there an estate limit or an um, inheritance tax threshold for the Roth IRA that um, a certain amount? So you still have the same applicable federal estate tax laws based on your situation. So, you know, when you're getting over $26 million as a married couple, $13 million as an individual um, plus, then th there are some taxes there. But if you are underneath the thresholds, um, which will change in 2026, 
um, if nothing changes the law, um, then you can, if you're underneath the, those limits in 2026, then there's no taxes owed on this money. Right. And then the spousal tax credit, that's something that reminds your CPA about not to forget um, to claim that credit. It's, and it's especially important to remind them. Correct. So when you do inheritance taxes, you definitely want to um, make sure that if your spouse passes away that you also claim your spouse's credit when they die. Right. Correct. I think that's one of those things, you know, you take advantage of it right then and it would be. So awesome. Well, thank you for tuning in today and I hope you have a great day. Thanks.